You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and technology, where we have a room covered in screens reporting every single micro cent getting paid out to every artist on the planet with graphic illustrations showing how those micro pennies get split across 160 countries, where we keep one eye on those screens and another on every single Instagram story that uses music, where I personally call each artist to let them know where their songs are being used so they can find a third-party reposting app with filters that post in VR worlds we have only dreamed of. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm the founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors. We are a music and a tech and a music tech PR firm. And I'm excited you've joined me, but I'm really excited that my guest today has joined us, Justin Butler. He's the director of global sales at HyperWallet, a PayPal service. How are you doing, Justin? Hey, Dimitri. I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. And you're out in LA, right? I am in LA. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, yeah, just a couple uh, of a, days, you know, week or two for the uh, for the Tectonics conference. Yeah, when this thing runs, it's actually going to be a couple of days. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. In a couple of days. Perfect. Yeah. So let's kick this off by having you explain so everyone knows what is HyperWallet and what does it have to do with music. Sure. Sure. So. HyperWallet's a global payments platform, right? Which you know probably already doesn't sound like it has anything to do with music at all. Uh, but we provide many different types of companies ways to manage their payouts globally in 200 plus countries and territories. So we've built out a proprietary financial network over the last 20 years or so that sits on top of our technology stack and our regulatory compliance layers that not only allow our corporate clients to issue payments in 100 plus countries in the equivalent of like a local ACH, but it also allows us to offer them other payout options like PayPal and directed debit and cash pickup through MoneyGram and Western Union and prepaid card, virtual cards, gift cards. So you name it, pretty much any commercially viable payout product can be enabled through HyperWallet. And what does that actually have to do with the music space? So, so we actually we help all different kinds of companies manage these payouts from marketplaces to gig economy platforms, insurance companies, airlines, and most importantly, the reason for me being on this podcast is the music space. So we work with PROs around the world, DSPs. We even work with labels to help manage all of their royalty payouts, their vendor payment payouts, anything payment out, where if you have an artist or songwriter that's listening right now, that's what we help our clients with. And I, I think, you know, the music industry today is is you know, way more accessible than, than ever before, right? Anyone with an iPhone can go and record a song and upload it and start making music and, and being creative. And artists need a way to sell their music. Content platforms need ways to kind of get that music out there. And that's sort of where we come in. Um, so we help all of these types of companies issue payouts to artists, songwriters, and anyone else who needs to be paid. Well, it's really interesting still that, that you mentioned various verticals and how it works in music. But I am curious about... Um, why HyperWallet is coming out to Music Tectonics. I've seen um, your folks at the Music Biz Conference in Nashville. Why is music such a ripe industry for the type of service that you guys offer? What's going on in music that make it relevant to this type of uh, offering? Well, I, again, I think it's, you know, and, and we love attending music-related conferences, right? You know, we, we met with you at, at Music Biz. We've been to Meet Dem. We've been to A2IM's Indie Week. You know, very excited about Music Tectonics as well. But I, I think it goes back to that that same point that you know the, the music industry is is more accessible than than ever. Um, you know, 
if you look at other verticals like the gig economy, for example, um, you look at you know an Uber driver that needs to you know use a platform to connect with customers and get paid, and it all happens somewhat seamlessly. Historically, in the music space, it hasn't been that way. Physical checks are almost a four-letter word that we hear all of the time, uh, used by you know many different royalty streams and, and payouts. And it's ripe for disruption, which I think kind of syncs up with you know what the Music Tectonics Conference is about, what HyperWallet is, is about, and it's kind of modernizing the way that these companies do payouts. So you mentioned PROs, you mentioned streaming services. What are some other uh, kind of ideal or top use cases for this type of vast dispersed payments in music? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at anyone who's distributing royalties, right, and there's many different types of royalties, there's mechanical and performance and sync and and even vendor payouts. And I think, you know, a lot of these types of companies, you know, there's no one size fits all for HyperWallet. We are across all spectrums, across all verticals. And I think the unique thing about our platform is that our corporate clients, um, even those in the music space, can design an experience for their payees where they control what options those payees have available. And they can even control the fee structure, right? So if you look at kind of a, a smaller label that doesn't necessarily want to offer instant real-time payments because they're more costly than an ACH, well, that's totally fine. But maybe me as an artist, I want that option. I want my funds now, and I'm willing to you know, pay a little bit more to get it, right? So we provide them the flexibility to kind of enable all of these options the way that they want to and in the experience they want to, whether that's through kind of a hosted white-labeled solution that we have or whether we are the invisible service layer and you don't even know that HyperWallet exists, right? Which is what we do for some major companies out there today. You, you don't even know that we're powering all of their payouts kind of behind the scenes. What's well, interesting to, to think about how the specific payment processes have changed in the music industry over the last years. You mentioned uh, last few years. You mentioned physical checks almost being a bad word um, because uh, you know it's an extra step in the process. It takes time before you get your money. Then you got to deposit your money and so forth. I wonder if there's any specificity you could add to what this shift in payment process looks like in the music industry. I mean, I'm sure if there's any artists listening to the podcast, they're curious. Wow, am I going to start getting this money sent directly feel almost like a Venmo type situation or um, or a pay, like you said a PayPal situation where it, the money's just feels like it's showing up instantly are you is there anything you can talk about on a granular level about what you're seeing some shifts what types of companies are able to to get to that 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 final mile of payment through a f faster system yeah, absolutely. No, and it's great that you mentioned PayPal and Venmo, being that HyperWallet is a, a PayPal company. So I'm glad that you kept the wallets that you mentioned in the PayPal family. So thank you for that, Dimitri. <laughs> uh, I'm I, just I, talking about the ones I've heard of, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's a good thing, right? And I, I think, you know, historically, when you look at the entertainment industry in general, right, like I'm here in LA, I've, I've been here for six years from Chicago originally. But it, the entertainment industry in and of itself has been far more one-sided to those artists that are, are listening or actually uh, against those artists that are listening. Uh, and all of those artists um, have kind of been at the mercy of, you know, the, the media organization representing them, right? And if royalties don't reach their intended recipient, it historically has not been a major problem for the company issuing the payments, right? There's not really another option for artists. Um, you know, but, but that's changing, right? That's, that's where we're seeing the shift. And I think new representative models are emerging with better services for art, artists. Um, you know, you see royalty bounty hunters that are out there and suddenly all of these artists have more options available to them, 
right? They can switch platforms. You're not necessarily tied to, to one specific platform if you're unhappy with kind of your representation or unhappy with kind of how that platform is, is treating your music, right? And I think that, that presents, you know, the, the entire landscape as, as ripe for kind of utilizing a, a solution like HyperWallet um, to, to help, their, help with kind of some of their payouts. And I think, you know, looking again at, at historically, we've seen a lot of major challenges in the royalty industry. For payees, providing payment information can be a huge headache, right? For those artists that are listening, you know, it's not like you, you've got the PROs of the world that are knocking down your door to, to find out every single time that, that you've moved, right? That's, that's on you. And if their experience doesn't offer you a solution to go and easily update your address and tell them where to send that next check, you know, things can get lost in the shuffle. I think there was a stat that I, I saw within the last year or two that 25% of royalty payments don't reach their intended recipients. So, you know, if, if we can't have a streamlined solution or if you as an artist or songwriter cannot have a streamlined solution where all of this is really easy and you can manage your payout preferences, then why would you stick with that platform? Why wouldn't you take your creativity and, and your hard work that you've put into all of this music and move to a different platform that is going to offer you more real-time payout options and more transparency in the way that you're going to get paid? So I think there's right. there's a ton that, that you know, the, the industry can do and is shifting from um, that, that is helping to modernize the way that we look at payouts. You know, another big shift um, that's taking over certainly uh, American society, but I think worldwide as well, is um, when we talk about the seismic shifts in music, we talk about uh, music is more global than ever. We have a trading card about that in our seismic shift trading cards that we're <laughs> releasing leading up to the conference as well. But I'd imagine a very tricky aspect of the digital music economy is the fact that it's so much more of a global marketplace than ever before. Um, in some ways, I think because music was kind of the one of the first industries that was easily transferred into digital format. Um, I think in some ways it's more global than a lot of other industries. Uh, anything that's still physical is is still has a lot of barriers to it. But I'm curious, what are the challenges of having rights holders and streaming services dis dispersed all across the planet from from this fintech perspective? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think the the biggest challenge is currency, right? If you're paying an artist in a currency that isn't local to their geography, I mean, you're essentially docking their pay. So foreign exchange fees can really add up for these artists when their royalty payments cross borders. Higher the payout, the bigger the fees become. Uh, and if you were to send a check, like a lot of companies still do today across borders, the chances of someone who you know doesn't have a USD-denominated bank account, or even the, the chances in general of an international artist being able to cash a USD check, into a non-USD account, it's next to zero, right? Which also increases the fact that you know 25% of these these royalty uh, payouts aren't reaching their intended recipients, and they're they're not getting cashed the way that that the artist would like to, right? And that's where HyperWallet kind of comes in, and, and that's that's sort of the secret sauce that we've built out over the last 20 years is the fact that we can pay out into 200 plus countries and territories in a number of different methods. And just because you know a PRO or a DSP doesn't have a physical presence in a certain location, it doesn't mean that they can't offer, let's say, a local euro payment to an artist that's based in Germany, even if that that PRO or even if that DSP is only based in the United States. And so, really, it, you know, wrapping that that entire proprietary financial network around 
um, you know, the, the entire entertainment and music space in general provides artists a better experience. It, it makes the platform more enjoyable. It, it makes, you know, working with these PROs and DSPs more enjoyable because there's more options, there's more currencies, and there's more transparency. Well, interesting. So we've, we kind of put a, a geopolitical lens on it. I'm, I'm curious maybe to put a bit of a legislative or legal lens on it as well. I'm curious, um, how do you think the Music Modernization Act is going to impact payment flow in the music industry? I know that's a it's a huge topic at a lot of the conferences. We're certainly going to have a, a panel that touches on some of these legal contextual questions. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what you're thinking from your perspective. Yeah, and, and we've heard from a lot of our existing DSP clients that, you know, everyone's, it's been a buzzword for the last year and a half. Um, and, you know, this, this legislation has been, you know, worked on for the last 20 plus years or so. So, you know, we've been hearing from a lot of our DSP clients and, and partners that, you know, they need to get ready for, you know, what's coming as a result of MMA. And we all think, I think the entire industry thinks that, that, uh, the Music Modernization Act is a good thing for for artists and songwriters, right? We're setting up, uh, you know, a nonprofit governing agents, agency that's that's going to have a database related to the owners of all of these licenses, right? So it's it's going to help fill that gap of that twenty five percent number that I mentioned of of the royalty payouts not reaching the intended recipients. It also, you know, assures that songwriters are going to be paid their what what's actually owed to them and not something that's completely unfair. And it also revamps the, 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 the court process. But if you look at that legislation and, and look at you know, how beneficial it is to all of these artists and songwriters, it's still not going to mean much to them if there's an antiquated way of issuing that payout. And that's where, you know, whether it's HyperWallet, whether it's you know, someone else, we'd, we'd of course hope that it is HyperWallet, but we're the ones that can come in and step and help modernize the actual payout, right? We've worked so hard on this legislation for the last 20 years, and there's still a ways to go. You know, it, it's, it's not fully going to be in effect until January of 2021, but we've worked so hard to get to this point. It, it would be a shame to trip up on the last mile of getting that payment to the recipient. Yes, you know, we're, we're improving metadata, we're improving how all of this is tracked and collected and and there's going to be an overall governing agency that's going to monitor all of this. All of that sounds fine and good, but if you're cutting a check at the end of that process and we still have some of the antiquated processes that we've had in place for the last 20, 50, 100 years, um, it, it's not going to mean much to, to the end artist, right? I can tell you, you know, here's what you're owed and it's fair and square and this is what this legislation has done, but you know, ultimately uh, you want to be paid the way that you want to be paid and not have you know, a ridiculous amount of fees taken out from that payment. You know, you mentioned the, the kind of implementation date of January 2021. I'm curious, um, have you seen an escalation of interest in um, using HyperWallet services? And, you know, what types of companies are the ones that are jumping on it the most right now? Is it the streaming services? Is it the PROs? Um, are there other entities, publishers or labels that are having conversations? Um, where Where's the interest come from? And in, in, uh, in, in at what, what kind of time frame? I think I will select D, all of the above right and and this is something that's been going on since you know since early 2018 when we, we first heard the rumblings of of kind of this legislation as a realistic chance to pass and so yes it is the streaming services yes it's the pros yes it's the dsps yes it's it's labels and it's it's anyone involved in this space that that is kind of tilting their head sideways and saying hey 
what do we need to do to ready ourselves for kind of this, this seismic shift that's happening in the music space um, in, in January of 2021? And it's, you know, all of the tools that we have, and I've mentioned optionality and things that are beneficial for the artists, but there's other things that we do that are beneficial for all of these types of companies, right? Tax services, collecting W-9s and W-8 bends, something that you know they've historically had to do and haven't done a great job of it. Um, you know, issuing 1099s and 1042s to, to these artists uh, for, for tax purposes. So all of this stuff kind of goes into what our platform, what HyperWallet's platform can do which is allowing these corporate clients to, to manage their payouts, all of the administrative, all of the regulatory and compliance burdens. They can manage all of that while providing this nice kind of packaged solution to these artists um, that give them all of the options that they want. And so I guess long-winded way of saying all of the above, we, we've seen a huge uptick in interest um, and we, we expect to continue to, to see that interest um, as, as we lead into 2021. So there is no wait and see type of trend happening. It's like, oh, we better jump on this now. But fortunately for us, uh, no, it is. It's you know, we better jump on this now. And I think you know, if you look at some parallels in in the gig economy, right? If if all of these platforms that are out there, the the disruptors, the quote unquote disruptors that we keep seeing from the the Ubers to the Airbnbs to all of these types of companies that are coming in and disrupting certain industries, I don't think that. You know, any company nowadays can take a wait and see approach. You've you've got to be in there first, and you've you've got to be evolving with you know the the ever increasing um, changes that are happening, right? And it seems like you know every single week, every single month, there's a new piece of legislation. There's something on the regulatory side, and that's not just in the music space. That's in the payment space. But you always need to be kind of first, and that's that's where HyperWallet comes in, right? Because of all of our clients that we have in all of these different industries. We have to be first. We have to have a PSD2 compliant solution. We have to, um, you know, uh, be licensed and you know be compliant with all of the regulatory changes that that are happening. We have to be at the forefront of of payout technology. If there was some new payout method that came along tomorrow that you know the entire world wanted to use and we didn't have it, we'd be out of business. Right, and it's interesting to think about that. I mean, you know, I, I suspect we have. Um some listeners who may be not on the financial or the operation side of some of these companies. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's actually useful to hear you talk about some of the compliance things that go along with it. It's, this is not just a replacement for paying checks, but it has all these other implications that once you've kind of digitized certain aspects that are still being done manually or physically, um, there's an opportunity to capture a lot of efficiency in those aspects, the, the reporting and the and the, um, and the compliance components, taxes, all that kind of stuff. So that's super interesting. But I will say um, at Music Tectonics, we've had episodes about music making apps, startup acquisitions, music and film and TV. This is our first fintech episode. <laughs> and so if we, as, as we think we do probably have listeners that are, are maybe thinking about some of these issues for the first time on the, on the kind of payout financial side, as well as, you know, how to operationalize some of these things that are coming with the um, uh, MMA. Why should those listeners be paying attention to the fintech side of the music industry? Yep. Uh, very good question. Right. And I think, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, having those music making apps and, and startups and, and music and film and TV, you know, a common theme that's not necessarily talked about, but everyone is thinking about behind the scenes is the fact that everybody's making money at some point or another during that process. Right. 
the music industry is interesting in that you know it's it's a creative space. Not everyone that's in the music space is is only out to make a buck. Uh, my brother-in-law, and I'll give him a shameless plug. Captain Supernova just released an album, um, and and uh, you know it's not always about the money. It's more about the creative. It, it's about the music. It's about the creative process and, and kind of creating something from scratch that that is really unique about this space. But I think, you know, why should your listeners be paying attention to this? It's the companies that are listening to this. If you make an app, you need to pay people and businesses. And more importantly, you need to get paid. And I think it's important for all of these industries to understand the, the, the most basic component that, that often gets overlooked, and that's how to get paid and how to pay people. And even from an artist standpoint, right, we're talking about a lot of the benefits to DSPs and PROs and, and labels. But even from an artist standpoint, uh, if, if you uh, are working with a company and, and they don't have appropriate fraud tools and it's easy to you know, take over your account and change banking information so that you know, uh, someone else can you know, hack your account and, and you know, send royalties over to their own account that, that aren't intended for them, right? You need to make sure that those protections are kind of wrapped around whatever, whatever platform you're using to kind of distribute your music. And you want to make sure that you know you've got options. There's fraud tools in place, and that you have you know an easy way to you know manage taxes. So all of that kind of goes into this. And I think you know just taking it one further in the gig economy, we, we've seen how important this payout process is to retaining users uh, on your platform. Um, almost one in six, and this is a stat that we put out two years ago in, in one of our e-commerce selling uh, guides that, that we put out. Almost one in six e-commerce sellers have said they switched platforms due to frustrating payment processes. And we've seen this in the music space and the entertainment space as well, that people are frustrated with the way that, that these companies are paying them and, and there's a lack of transparency and they're going to switch, right? So, so you need to have a payment solution and, and just think about FinTech generally, because again, everybody wants to get paid Everybody needs to pay people at, at one point or another, so it's always an important topic, whether it's you know related to your business or whether you want to send funds to your friend via Venmo, right? Yeah, money is kind of important. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so HyperWallet's uh, coming out to Music Tectonics, the conference we're holding just a couple days uh, after this podcast uh, uh, publishes, and, and that conference is in LA, October 28th, 29th. And Justin, you'll be speaking on our session titled Rethinking Royalties, How the Entertainment Industry Can Modern payments. Uh, you'll be alongside folks from Sync Tank, HFA slash Rumblefish, and CD Baby. It'll be moderated by Dave Bogan from Jamber. He just got his company uh, Tune Registry acquired by Jamber. So that should be exciting too. Um, and I'm just curious if there's anything that our listeners might hope to hear about that we didn't get to cover on the episode that they might come out for the panel to, to hear about. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we've put together a, a great panel on, on how the entertainment industry can modernize payments. There's some, some great panelists speaking, um, and day congratulations um, on, on the acquisition. But I, I think there's there's a ton that we're going to talk about, you know, both as it relates to DSPs and PROs and, and the, the corporate side of things, but but also on the artist side of things, right? If we've got artists, artists and songwriters that are also attending, you know, they're going to want to know, you know, what are the different ways that I can be paid? I'm getting a check. I get a check, you know, once a quarter or twice a year, and I don't know when it's coming. What can change for me? And so there's there's a ton of cool stuff that we're going to talk about, not only on, on how those companies are managing payouts and, and modernizing payments in general, but just the music space uh, as a whole. So it, it should be really cool and really interesting. And I'm glad 
glad to be on. Yeah, and you guys will be exhibiting too, so folks can come and talk to you as well uh, throughout the conference. Now, Justin, you live in LA. Some of our attendees are coming to LA for the first time to attend the conference, Um, trying to give them a sense of LA by having events in different locations. Our pre-conferences downtown at General Assembly's event space, then our opening parties at Warner Music's new cool office, which is a former uh, Ford Model T factory. Um, They've got a great event space uh, that I've checked out. And then the main conference is at the beautiful Skirball Cultural Center, which is in the foothills of the Santa Santa Monica Mountains. So they'll get a flavor for downtown and and on the edge of town. But if you were in music tech, music or tech, what else would you try to make time to do for when you're in L.A.? Well, yeah, and it's a it's a great question, right? And I'm not an L.A. native. I I mentioned I, I moved here from Chicago about six years ago. But, you know, if you're in music and you've never been to L.A., there's, there's a few places that you can check out, right? There's the Troubadour, there's the Viper Room, the Greek Theater. I mean, those are your staples if, if you're in music. And, and, you know, staples, no pun intended, but, you know, we've got the Lakers and Clippers. Um, uh, the, we've got LeBron and Kawhi in town now. So checking out the Staples Center is just a historic place to, to go and, and, you know, not too far from, from downtown. We've got the MoMA. I'm partial to Hollywood and the W as I got married there last nice, year. If you want to go to Santa Monica, uh, bungalow is one of my favorite spots to go or the boardwalk what's bungalow um, you can even go to the venice canals bungalow is uh it's attached to uh the fairmont hotel and it's ni- a nice kind of outdoor um sometimes they have live music uh ping pong tables bar restaurant it's, it's kind of a cool awesome vibe. well thanks for the recommendations i appreciate it and thanks for, thanks for coming on to the uh the show justin if people want to connect with you and hyperwallet leading up to the conference what's the best way for them to get in touch Yep. So, so they can check out uh, our website at hyperwallet.com or honestly, feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is jubutler at paypal.com. Um, myself, Frank Manorino and, and Dave Evans are going to be uh, at, at the conference. And so we're looking forward to seeing everybody there and and, uh, and talking with everybody in, in a couple of days. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me, Justin. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person in LA. Thanks, Dimitri. Take care. And thank you for listening to Music Tectonics. And as you can hear, the conference is just days away from when you're hearing this, and we'd be really excited to have you there. You can go to musictectonics.com to find out all about the conference. Um, Sign up for our newsletter. You can keep track of what we're doing there, other events we're doing down the road. But thanks, everyone, for the support. It's been great these last couple of weeks watching the badge sales come in. So much support from so many places. Um, you'll, You'll hear from folks from Spotify, Pandora, Google, Universal, Warner, CD Baby, Lyric Find, HyperWallet, um, AdRev, Hydric, lots of great companies coming in to speak, exhibit, and network. Hope you can be there, and I'll see you soon. You're listening to Music Tectonics.